Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. So we sit in the seats inside the O2 Arena with the place being dismantled. There is blue and white ticker tape all over the blue court on which the tennis has been played at the ATP Finals over the last week and on which just about an hour ago Alexander Zverev hit a two-handed backhand down the line. A clean winner that left Novak Djokovic despairing, hurdling the net to congratulate his victorious opponent who had beaten him in straight sets. Catherine Whittaker is back. Hello. <laughs> I am back. Any come in for the big matches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're a big match player. Uh, uh, Grad Matt's here. Hello. 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 Wow. What have we, what have we ju- just witnessed? How big a shock does that feel right now? Because I think when we came in, I, well, we were all predicting a, a Djokovic win, weren't we? Um, and yet at the end, he, he looked a little bit helpless. It wasn't the neat little end-of-season narrative that we'd all prepared, was it? I mean, the story of this season is Novak Djokovic's climb back to the top, top of the rankings, and Zverev reminded us in his speech that he had surgery this year. You know, he's yeah. ended the year number one, he's won two slams. He's done it all in the same year that he's had surgery, and that all remains the case. He's still the best player of 2018 by some way. And yet, <laughs> and yet we're now going to talk about... Sasha Zverev it didn't this week or today the rest of the week it certainly went to plan for him but it just wasn't what any of us were expecting or planning on it wasn't even as competitive as any of us were expecting or planning on was that because Zverev was too good today Matt yeah I think so I really did not see this coming and judging by our Twitter feed nor does a lot of other people I put I put out there that only 3% 3% in our pole vault had Zverev to win in two. Pole vault, you say? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Catherine. Um, yeah, but that renders... That emphasises how relevant it is. <laughs> but he probably would have had it at close yeah. to 3%. I mean, that, that but, you know, one form and... Yeah. But really, for me, it was, it was Djokovic's form that I thought was the key coming into this match because he was just looking brilliant all tournament. But today, like their group group stakes match it all changed that four all in the first set except it changed the other way then Zverev in the group had a break point didn't take it and Novak ran away with it today Djokovic has just been impressed saying that his game fell apart those are his words wow. um, 
after that four all. He did. He was hitting the panic button a lot in points in that second set, wasn't he? You know, coming into the net completely random times, hitting panicky shots. Yeah. It was odd and his seeing four? that happen to a guy that has been playing breathtaking tennis all week. And his, for me, it was his forehand. It was even in the first set, it was okay, but he was dropping it quite short. And then. When he was serving to stay in the first set, it just fell apart. Two forehand errors, and it carried on in the second set. And that, that for me, was the real shock about this match. But we should give credit to Zverev, who picked up where he left off against Federer and actually, I think, played even better. I do, I do think he forced that mm. in, in many ways. Not 100%. I mean, I'm still surprised that Djokovic didn't come back and at least win a set. I am surprised by that. But when you look at the service statistics of Zverev, 21 out of 24 first serves landed in the first set. That's 87%. And he was serving basically all the time 130 miles an hour and above. Mm. Most of them were between 135 and 141. And he's getting 87% of them in. Yeah, and that's the only real weapon that he has that Djokovic doesn't have. Mm. I mean, Djokovic is absolutely maximised his serve and made it into a weapon but not relative to the rest of his game whereas for Zverev at six foot six, I think the serve I think we'd probably all agree the serve has been a revelation Zverev wise I didn't expect I didn't this, know this he week. had a serve like this um, I, I genuinely thought that, that this was a uh, a dodgy speed gun because when Davis it went Cup at speed the, gun. right at the start of the week yeah when, right at the start of the week Brad Gilbert tweeted one four zero one four one back to back serves. Is this a fast gun? And I, and I I said without question it is because he doesn't do this anywhere else. Or at least I can't remember him. Basically, he just looks like he rolls his arm over and gets these readouts on the on the gun. And nobody else was getting that mm. in a regular. And no fashion. one was picking it either. Not even Djokovic, the the best anticipator, as Leon Smith said on the return, not picking it at all and whether that sort of experience people are still relatively inexperienced with returning the, the Zverev serve I don't, I, I don't think it's entirely that I do think it's difficult to read um, but otherwise their games are so alike aren't they and, I, and although sometimes the match up tennis wise between two players with very similar styles can be disappointing or dreary or I, I don't think it was today I think it was by and large pretty good but psychologically, it was thrilling because you got mm. two guys just going, I'm going to play your game and I'm going to yeah. play it better well, than you. You know, Zverev stepping out there to Djokovic and going, him. I'm going to play your game in your face and I'm going to win. Well, yeah. no one can go toe-to-toe on the backhand with Djokovic and beat him the way Zverev did. The number of cross-court rallies they had on the backhand and Zverev was the one coming out on top. That was unbelievable and and the plan of attack for both of them was to try and attack the forehand wasn't it they were mm. both trying to slice into one another's forehand and Zverev has been staunchly defending his forehand all week against in the press with people saying maybe it's his weakest shot and he's been saying oh, I think it's a really good shot um, have they no respect for the tennis in, podcast the interrupting have some respect. Me. there's an industrial drill holder down there who desperately wants to be on the tennis podcast and that was his introduction um, yeah look the, the the one thing I would say about that though Leon Smith in our commentary today was talking about how he felt that, that Djokovic wasn't going to the forehand enough that mm. he was he was allowing himself to settle into these backhand to backhand rallies and, and feeding it to, 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 to Zverev in a way that 
a really confident on it. Djokovic surely would have taken a down the line backhand more often, and and he didn't. Today. How can he? Do, do you think there's? It sounds ridiculous given how brilliant Djokovic has been. He's pretty much, goodness me, given every match of, of recent times apart from today. But is there cause for alarm for Djokovic given that? You know, is would he currently be feeling? Maybe this is you know anxious old old me, um, my way of <laughs> looking at I it, rather than it. a 14-time Grand Slam champion's way of looking at it. But you know, to be playing brilliant tennis and to feel unbeatable, he must have felt unbeatable. We're talking a lot about all the signs of how fantastically relaxed he is. The fact that he's not letting all this talk about how Federer gets special treatment get to him because you know he's just feeling so great right now. To be feeling that brilliant and to be beaten as soundly as he was today must just feel a bit worrying for him. You, you know, it wasn't in his control what happened today. No, I, I think he had a bad day, but I think it was it was certainly 50%. It's two straight, forced two consecutive final losses, mm. though. Yeah. I mean, you know, these are... <laughs> it's still been an exceptional year. He's the best player of the year. What he's done this year is unreal. It is unreal, but... He's a perfectionist, you know. We're, we're talking about a guy that openly talks now about wanting to break all the records, even those of Nadal and Federer. So, but he's on a two Grand Slam winning streak. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah, the I difference, mean, isn't it? By and large, would, things would, are positive. Would what I suppose what I'm getting at is, would that performance have happened at the Australian Open in January? No, I think, at, you know, we see. St- Nadal, Federer, Djokovic are above the rest on the regular tour. Once they get to the slams, that gap just gets bigger. Over five sets, the big moments, that's where you back them the most. Um, The thing I would say about Djokovic now, interestingly, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, his last two losses had been Sitsipas and Hachinov, which felt significant for Zverev in. They're the three young guys that everyone's talking about, and they're the only guys to have beaten Djokovic in the second half of this year. So that's something he's going to have to contend with next year. But, you know, wouldn't totally surprise me if he came out and was just even more fired up next year to prove them I'm still the man. I, I, I would say that I, I'm, there are way bigger question marks in my mind about whether Zverev can transfer this version of himself onto the Grand Slam platform than whether Djokovic will have any doubts Agreed. about oh, himself agrees. in Melbourne. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and I know you're not saying that, but but I, this does nothing to my conviction that Djokovic will win the Australian No, Open. and I, th- I think that's probably reflected in how he's performing to, uh, towards the end of end of the match, as it turned out to be, towards the end of the second set. Zverev was playing like a guy that needed this title, and Djokovic was playing like a guy that wanted this title. Mm. And also, just again on something Djokovic has just said in press, he has had a slightly funny year in that he's had so much workload in the back in the back half of the year. He's got so many points and so many wins in the second half. He said he felt today just a little bit flat, a little bit like it may be caught up with him, um, which doesn't really explain the discrepancy in performance from today from last night when he was sort of perfect. Um, but that that's possibly a factor. You know, you go into Australia, he's fresh, and he's going to be the favourite. But Zverev maybe is now the second favourite. I don't know. Ooh. What do you think about that? Well, I just I just feel like 
until he produces it at the Australian Open. Look, I, I had him in the final at the US Open this year mm. based on Lendl, based on all those things. I think we've seen... I mean, the, the, they joked about it, Bruno Suarez, didn't he, about the Lendl effect when he was with Andy Murray. Mm. You know, you could have the Lendl effect in all walks of life. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, I believe in it. When it comes to a guy like Zverev, I feel that there is a, there is a big difference maker there um, in terms of his approach as much as anything else. He's just... It seems to me he's doing for Zverev not just what he did for Lendl, but what Goran Ivanisevic did for Marin Cilic. Just, just serve like a bloke of six foot six, will you? Hmm. Yeah, and, simplify, and he, simplify yeah. 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 Just strip it down and dominate. I don't disagree with you, David. I don't at all. But somebody has to mention the fact that a year ago to the day, we were sat in possibly these very same seats, looking over the very same court. With the same clanging sounds <laughs> of same, rafters being with dismantled. With the same audio backdrop, yeah. talking about Grigor Dimitrov in the very same terms. Now, I know the... the well, whether the, they same terms? Did, did we, did we similar, have this degree you know, About it being the stepping stone but towards end, what we felt he's always been destined for. Now, the, the similarities are not... that there are that They do end, you know. The, Dimitrov's got a... Even a year ago, let alone now, got a heck of a lot more scar tissue and, and baggage that he carries on to court. And that is critical absolutely critical um he's got less less belief than Zverev, even though he's a guy that has reached grand slam semi-finals uh, already so look it, it's not it's not a slam dunk of a comparison but it's is worth mentioning isn't it because do you know it was, it was the first question i asked leon smith in commentary after the cele- after the celebration and before the presentation is is there a danger that the same thing could happen to alexander Zverev? next year has happened to, to Grigor Dimitrov following his triumph here one word answer no no he, he just I said why he said he's just you're dealing with a different type of player at a different stage in his career and I think his his view is just Zverev has got more of the the components including the, the mental ones he he walks around and it it irritates at times that he walks around as if he's, as if he belongs with those top three or four in the world. Uh, I know he, I know he's ranked that, but he, he walks around like he's already got slams under the belt, and yet he hasn't actually done an awful lot at that level yet. But you know what? If he's prepared to take the heat that comes with that, and people maybe like me who who pointed out, good luck to him. You know, because that takes that takes guts to do it's, it. Hang on, though. Is he prepared to take all the heat that comes with that? Because he does get chippy about people pressing him on things. You know, when he gets asked the same questions in press, but he's prepared he gets to be really chippy, chippy isn't about he? it. That he, he's, not that's on, not... he's not on some sort of charm offensive where he's just trying to make us all love him, is he? No. he he's quite happy to, to just <laughs> yeah. be a little bit unpopular, I suppose, in some quarters. Yeah, I, look, I think it's... Um, I think it's that Jez Green is about to walk in front. I remember a couple of years ago when we were sat in these seats when Murray had just beaten Djokovic to end the year as number one and we saw Boris Becker taking his farewell selfie 
Yes, Yoji that's Cork. right. Of His course. last day yeah. as coach of Novak Djokovic. Yeah. I don't think this is Jez Green's last day as fitness trainer to Jez Green. That is a broad smile that that man is wearing. I mean, wearing. could he look any happier? <laughs> My as goodness he, me. Talk he about walks spring towards in the step. Us. He's got a bag over one shoulder. He's holding another one. He's shouting things over towards Robbie Koenig, who's on the court at the moment, is, uh, is Jez Green. And, uh, yeah, he looks incredibly happy. And, and, and I think a word for him is, is warranted because he's been I didn't realise until the the actual presentation when Alexander Zverev paid, tri- paid tribute to his co- to his fitness trainer that they'd been together for five years I didn't realise it had been that long what I do remember is I looked it up three years ago first round of the Australian Open Zverev drew Andy Murray mm. and he lost to Murray 6-1-6-2-6-3 absolute dismantling it was man against boy and a day or so before that and you can go back and listen to the, the podcast we actually had Jez on as our guest and I think we asked him how, how long is it going to take you do you feel to get him to a point where he can be competing physically with a guy like Andy Murray who, he's, who he was about to play and he said oh it's going to take me three years two and a half three years um, because there's, there's so much preparatory work that you have to do with these guys and we we can't be in a rush although he is in a rush because he wants to be the best you know he was 18 and it's going to take a while and and you look at the physique on the guy he doesn't even look that much different he's still lanky and wiry and lean isn't he and he's never I, I don't know whether he'll ever properly sort of fill out in the way that some of the others have but just a bit of live commentary for you here David I think what's happened is that Robbie Koenig has run after Jez Green and um, asked him for a bottle of champagne that he was carrying in his bag and Robbie Koenig is now on, wandering Rob. around Celebrate. the O2 court yes. with a golden bottle of champagne I mean he's not he's, he seems he's going to have it no what's he gone to he's gone to get his own duffel bag yep party's about to start good stuff Rob get yourself over here and crack that thing open <laughs> we should have invited Jess Green over yes. to distribute his champagne um, yeah. I can't remember what we were saying well we were talking about the, the job that Jess Green has done and, and, and uh, the other thing just to say sometimes when uh, a guy like Jess Green who, who we all sort of know gets a big job like that and, and a player can often become paranoid and they don't want them talking to you and all this sort of thing Jez is still a nice bloke isn't he he's always somebody who'll talk to you he'll give you an interview he, he, he doesn't he's not, he's not worried about talking to you in front of his player you don't always get that and, and I'm, I'm, re- I'm just really pleased for him on a personal level because he's, he's, he's a great guy yes yeah, a very good point five years have been together and, and as he said that I was reminded of the fact that I saw Zverev at Delray Beach it would have been five years ago because he was 16 and he's 21 now really um, and he was playing a first he'd been given a wild card into Quali's first round and Jez was there because Jez lives um, in Delray Beach and I think they'd just started working together um, and he had already signed up to to work with the agent Patricio that he's still with mm, now Patricio who Rappé. interestingly uh, Sitsipas is also with yes um, um, we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, but And yet the court was absolutely... I think the entire crowd, and there were quite a lot of them, were probably uh, agents or wannabe agents. The court was crawling with them. Um, and I remember, exactly as you say, having a very open chat with Jez back then. It's a big um, call, isn't it, for a guy like yeah, him to invest in a player absolutely. like this? Because you've, you've got to build the guy for all these years. 
And A, you don't know for sure whether they are going to be able to fulfill what you hope is their potential. And B, you don't even know if they're going to take you along for the ride after a couple of years. Yeah, and also you can kind of only lose, right? Everyone's saying this guy's a future world number one. So all you can do is help them to achieve exactly what everyone's going to say. You can't, you can't overachieve it's if everyone's bro- expecting them to it's, be It's broad shoulders for him as well, isn't it? It's very, because he has had that for years. And I do think maybe some of Dimitrov's problems have come over the years with, with people like us in the media, in the, in the punditry world and all the rest of it, all saying, well, particularly the baby-fed nickname, all of that. I, I, it weighs heavily on a lot of these players. Yeah, and I think Dimitrov's always carried his own expectation and everyone else's. Whereas Zverev, we've certainly had high expectations, but we've not, we've not had a sort of nice catchphrase for it like baby fed it's not been it doesn't seem to me like it's been as strong but he, he doesn't towards seem, he doesn't seem to give a stuff what anybody thinks he d- he's no. not into ring kissing is he there's no there's no reverence at all no <laughs> let's clarify that we all know what I meant by he's that he's not into he doesn't kiss the ring what does that mean you explain Catherine it's deference and reverence, isn't it? It's, it, yeah, it's a display of extreme reverence. Right. <laughs> you know, and the top guys, that's a, that's a big weapon for mm. them, that walking onto court with the aura of kiss my ring, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they all Can do we it. Can that? <laughs> it's, it's a recognised turn of phrase. It is a recognised kosher turn of phrase, is I it? promise you. Okay, fine. <laughs> the other thing... The other, <laughs> moving on. The other right. it's, sort of, it's not a sycophantic thing. It's not sucking up. It's... Have you heard it? Not... Oh, come on, guys. Well, we just... We just don't have the vocabulary of <laughs> Catherine Whittaker. <laughs> Matt, say something while I Google the, yeah, the phrase. Re- just... The reason this feels different for me to Dimitrov winning last year is Zverev's gone through Federer and Djokovic back-to-back. Dimitrov went through, what was it, uh, Sok and Goffin. Now, no no disrespect to them, but they're not Federer and Djokovic. Mm. And that's kind of the thing, as much as his performances in Grand Slams have been missing, you know, he needs to beat the top guys. Back-to-back and back in back straight sets. Which... You know, people don't do that. And Zverev's now done it. And that sets him up really well the next time he takes the court against those two. Now, it's not to say he's going to win, but he's got that belief. To give give respect or reverence to someone, to express servitude to someone, traditional use is uh, in reference to a pope or to a king. And there's a picture to illustrate this point of somebody kissing kissing the (laughs) ring on pope... Which one is it? Pope Francis. Oh, yeah. Current Pope. His finger, yeah. Fine, so now we know, or at least I know. Catherine already knew because she's that much more well-spoken and educated than me. Um, So. (laughs) (laughs) There were no edits there at all, I promise. No, not at all. Um, 
we had one straight set. You just reminded me that we only had one three-set match this whole tournament. Yeah, it's and Nichilic. it was the match that nobody wanted to go to straight three sets. <laughs> we, we only had hold on a minute. We only had one three-set match in the, the whole singles. tournament. In the in singles, the singles yeah. yeah. So how many do we have overall? Then we had what thirteen matches. Thirteen straight sets and one three-set up. <laughs> how will this tournament be reflected upon? Well. Um, Actually, a bit. I, th- I feel like the end of it, the final weekend of it, has been, been really exciting because I mean, those are two on paper. Those are two big shocks, and both in straight sets. The rival of a new kid on the block. I know he's been around for a while, but this is his real moment, isn't it? It's Plus, we had the fun and games yesterday with all the booing. It's good news for the ATP and for the tournaments very of winning, mm. isn't it? Because I, I, as much as they're in a good spot right now this tournament's doing well the ATP Tour's doing well they are panicked about the post Federer Nadal even post Djokovic Murray future they definitely are yeah. um, and you know they're right to they're, they're right to this is this is not once in a generation this is once in a ever yes um, and this helps you know it helps that one of the guys that they have been pushing possibly pushing too hard you know they might be one of the entities that's guilty of weighing too heavy on these people's shoulders and and maybe allowing the egos to get out of control it's good news for them that one of the guys that they've been pushing has done a, a really substantial thing something it will help even more when he wins a grand slam but this this is this is good for them Catherine we haven't had you on since uh, the events of yesterday and all the booing late last night while I was just pondering I ended up on Twitter and I tweeted and I I I suddenly thought to myself are we getting all this wrong about this booing we're all getting very on our high horses and we're all saying that it's awful and obviously well done Annabelle Croft and and actually I do feel that she did a good job yesterday and we're and um, we're all criticising all the people who booed and saying there's no place for that in tennis and it's not fair to Alexander Zverev etc etc then I suddenly thought as long as you're not going really over the top and abusing the guy or throwing things or being violent or being or anything like that if you're booing if you're expressing how you feel at that particular point isn't that sort of allowable? Isn't that okay? Doesn't that create more of an, an atmosphere? Don't we then have that, that feeling that, yeah, this matters, people care? Yeah, I mean, I, look, it's easy for me to say not being on the receiving end of it. I'm sure if I was standing there being booed for no good reason, I wouldn't enjoy it at all. Um, but it's, it is pantomime. It, it is pure pantomime. Um, and... I sort of tend to agree that unless it becomes abusive, it's just something that, unfortunately, even though it might sting a bit at the time, you've just got to take with a pinch of salt. It's not to say Annabelle was, was wrong at all. I th- it was really interesting how she handled the, the situation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't... It, it didn't make me as outraged as it made some people, the fact that he was being booed in that moment. I certainly would have been, wouldn't have been booing him, but... It was, I would say know. it was a lot louder in the stadium than it came across on TV. I'm sure it was loud, um, but... But the, the other factor is, I don't think I've ever admired Novak Djokovic more 
than when he withstood what he withstood in that US Open final in 2015. That made it. That wasn't just winning a Grand Slam title. That was 23,000 people booing him and bullying him and trying to trying to influence the outcome of that match, put him off. Um, and he just puffed out his chest and he said, fine, I'll take you all on and I'll beat him anyway. And, and, and he did it. And, and, and that brought out something that was incredible entertainment as a spectacle to see that. I mean, I don't, I don't want to turn tennis into football all the time. And, and, and football goes too far and becomes toxic and unpleasant a lot of the time. But the spice, the feel of, of slight, I don't know, un, to feel a bit uncomfortable in a stadium has its own value. Yeah, and I like the players that are prepared to embrace the dark, dark side of it. I've never liked Djokovic more than in that moment when he just said, screw you all. And, you know, you, you, I'm going to prove you wrong and I don't mind being your dark knight. You know, that you, no, people don't have to all love you all of the time. And I think Zverev is going to be that guy. I cannot wait for the Zverev Sitsipas rivalry to ignite because, as Simon says, he's pretty convinced that they, they do genuinely dislike one Leon another. Smith thinks that Zverev is um, significantly better than Hatchinov, Sitsipas, and all the others. And what about Zverev? He's seen, he's seen Sitsipas win next gen and getting a bit of getting a bit of hype and he's just come along and won the actual tour finals <laughs> he's won up him there the hasn't Maldives, he you know getting his racket sits a passes with ready. marcus bagdatis in he somewhere is. what a great photo that is yeah i don't know i, I need to look <laughs> into Hanging that out, yeah it's chilling just right okay. they're going on a little trip together i tell you what I don't think Australia has really experienced Sitsipas yet, has it? Because his run came on mm. after that. Just think back to think back to what it was like with Baghdatis doing mm. what he did, um, and imagine how oh. Sitsipas is going to get them going. He's going to get decent seeding as well because he's what 15 in the world at the moment, so uh, should be seeded top 16. Yeah, I mean that that is going to be interesting. And I look. Obviously, I'm not casting any aspersions on any of the wonderful rivalries that we've been treated to in men's tennis over the last few years. Murray Djokovic, Djokovic, Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, Nadal, Federer, all of them are truly marvellous. But I am ready for a rivalry where two players openly dislike one another. <laughs> I am so, so ready for that. Give me yeah. McEnroe Connors. Yeah. Um, you know, we've. it's time for that now. Do you, do you think that will actually happen with those two or, yeah. do, you th- or do you think eventually <laughs> they will just sort of I don't know start getting on no no <laughs> I don't well there's no I mean you know who knows the people that they'll be in in five years but there's no signs of that at the moment they're both very sure of who they are it's not like they're sort of they're sort of kids mm. you know just establishing themselves in the playground they're both pretty sure of who they are already yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. Hopefully, it can only it can only get worse. <laughs> <laughs> Troublemaker, Catherine Whitaker. Um, what if I grow? Yeah, you, well, I do. Yeah, I've been, been missing it. Um, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, tennis podcast listeners. David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. The doubles final today, won by Jack Sock and Mike Bryan. Cracking final. Matt, you saw all of it over Pierre Hugobert and Nicolas Mahou. I did, yeah. It was really good. Um... Mau and Herbert wiped the floor with them in the group stages and Sock and Brian were much better today. Cracking match tiebreak. I actually I actually really like a match tiebreak. Um, I think it was perfect in that situation and He's a next gen, you see. <laughs> <laughs> well no, if I was next gen I'd I'd want first of four, sudden death to use. <laughs> no, none of that. Just do match tiebreak. Do you qualify for next gen? Uh, no, you, 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 no. Can be, no, you have I don't. to be in the year of your twenty-first birthday. Yeah, no, I don't. No, do I? No, I mean, um, no, but no. It was a really good final, and just Sock and Brian. What a what a pairing they've been. They their first tournament was Queens, and they've won every sort of big title since Wimbledon, U.S. Open, and now this. And you know, Mike Bryan is obviously one half of the best doubles player, the best doubles team ever. Four years. <laughs> yes. But he hadn't won two slams in a season for about five years, I think. And Sock's come along and, I mean, that man can play doubles. I did, I did see someone put it rather, um, rather cr- cruelly, but it was quite entertaining. Sock proving that socks are only useful in pairs. Um, based <laughs> after his after his singles performance, <laughs> but he was here a year really ago. Good. Yeah, very good. That per- whoever did someone tweet that? Yeah, that person I, has been waiting for Jack Sock's demise all yeah. year in order for that. Yes, to- the <laughs> moment that they heard of the name Jack Sock, they, they, they thought, right, I've got a, that was in their drafts. I've wasn't got a it? pun here that is going to get used one day. So Nicola Mahu and Pierre Ugabert will go off to Lille. Yes, uh, the Davis Cup final. Mo will be hoping not to be dropped by. Uh, he got dropped in favour of Gasquet, wasn't yes. it? Last year, although Gasquet's out injured. Yeah, so probably a relief that, for everyone. So I'm pretty sure they will be playing doubles. So Ugo Bear and Mahu are going to the the Davis Cup final. I think it's final. just a. I think Ugo yeah, is part it's of his, his first, first name. name. 
All right. It's Pierre Oud. Okay. And also there's some what nice... What can I get wrong today? <laughs> <laughs> there's some nice spice with... Because they had a little incident with the Croatian player. Yes. Uh, Pavic. In this tournament, yeah. Pavic accused Mo of acting when he slipped... Well, he fell over the Lacoste sign at the back harsh, of the court. It? It, it was it was quite obvious, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> us us so, Croatians say it how it is. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that doubles uh, in the And then final. we've got Choric and Cilic going there. In the in the uh, in the singles for who do we expect expecting for uh, for France? Um, I think Puy. Puy. Did Song. I say that right? Puy. It's more of a Puy. Puy. more of imagine there's a Y in the L's. Oh. <laughs> That's cleared things up. This is all a bit hard, isn't it? You can and teach Shard- us Birmingham later. <laughs> right. Jeremy Shardy's on the team. Songa, yeah. Pui and Eben Mo. And Grad Matt, representing the Tennis Podcast, will be there on our behalf. And we will be bringing you daily tennis podcasts from Thursday through to Sunday from Lille. Grad Matt will be there. Catherine Whitaker and myself will be presenting every single day. So do make sure you subscribe and download and tell your friends and leave us reviews and, and uh, hopefully enjoy those daily dispatches. We will then, Catherine, be starting our Kickstarter aimed at 2019. Yeah, apparently we just can't get enough podcasts. I know. It's all, it's all you making me do it. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so keep your eyes peeled for that as well if you wouldn't mind because uh, Grad Matt is no longer a student so now he needs looking after in order to uh, to work for us and um, and do the sterling job he's been doing hasn't he been good eh? he has been good yeah amazing a revelation some might say many have said it this week including yeah. us many members of the Whittaker family have said it, yeah. <laughs> they seem more excited about him <laughs> yeah, than us don't they, they are a bit yeah. yeah far many Whittakers than Roberts have been saying <laughs> yeah, that's for sure um, uh, did though I don't want to end on a, a potential low. Oh, here we go. Did we get an answer to the pork scratching question? I mean, today might not have been the day to ask it, but... No, he no, was not asked we'll that. Never right. know. No. Okay. Well, we'll unless he was asked in Serbian press, unless that had reached, <laughs> reached Serbian press. Have to so wait weird. till Australia. We'll mark him down from an A plus to an A. What do you think we? he has for Christmas dinner? Ooh. Djokovic. At Tennis Podcast, what does Novak Djokovic turkey have for liquid Christmas He's a vegan, isn't he? Can you imagine a liquidised Christmas dinner? Is there yeah. anything more? Do you think he just has sprouts? I have a liquid I really Christmas like dinner. Sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> mostly, mostly beer. Um, so, have you enjoyed it? It's been excellent, yes. Thank you very much. The tennis got going, didn't it, eventually? We sort of got through... <laughs> four, five, six podcasts without huge amounts of tennis to talk about. And this weekend, it's been very exciting. Excellent, excellent. So, we've been the Tennis Podcast. We're brought to you in association with The Telegraph. Go and read Simon Briggs' articles. No doubt he'll have written something amazing. Uh, We are executive produced by Melanie Bowes, Triple S, tennisballs.com, sponsored by La Manga Club, and our mascot is Charlie the Ferret. And as they dismantle the O2 Arena and... uh, pile boxes high of all the seats they are literally taking the seats off one by one around us hours are about to go as well so on that note we will sign off and speak to you again on thursday from the davis cup final by bmp parapon planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 